Welcome to episode five of the Let's Get Nuts podcast. And today's guest, he won a gold medal for Canada at the 2013 World Under-18 Tournament and 2015 World Junior Tournament for Team Canada. Was drafted in the second round in the 2013 NHL draft by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Won a Calder Cup in 2016 with the Lake Erie Monsters. And is currently signed by the Ottawa Senators and captains their American Hockey League affiliate, Belleville Senators. I'd like to welcome Dylan Hetherington. Dylan, nice to have you on the podcast. All right, thanks for having me, man. It's been a while. I haven't, uh, haven't seen you since Stampede. It seems like that's our annual run-in. Don't, uh, don't see each other, and that's the Stampede annual run-in. <laughs> yeah, the yearly meeting, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost like it's scheduled, eh? Well, somewhat, uh, I guess. So I guess we'll get we'll get right into it. And I mean, obviously, you're a Calgary kid and uh, grew up in Calgary. First guy I've had on, really, who's still somewhat active as far as uh, still playing in the NHL. I mean, it's not like that dream's over by any means, whereas a lot of the guys I've had on, they're either retired or they've pretty much been set on that they're just playing in Europe the rest of the way. So this is the first time I've had an active guy still in North America playing. So this should be, this should be a fun one, but obviously you grew up in Calgary, a 95 age group that really was dominant. What was it like growing up in Calgary and playing with so many great players around in your age group? As I count, there's currently five guys or six guys who have played in the NHL in your age group. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, And we still are, quite a tight-knit group I always run with those guys um in the summertime and then whenever we're playing against them um during the season always say hi either on the ice or off the ice so uh growing up it was awesome I mean uh the 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 talent level was there but uh like you like I said before it was a tight-knit group I mean growing up playing in Crowchild for the Blackhawks uh you know Dumba was my D partner and still a very close friend uh till this day so it was easy easy playing with him and uh kind of like each team that we play with growing up always had had good talent and, and good people on it so it was a lot of fun you've always kind of been at least from what i've watched correct me if i'm wrong kind of a stay-at-home type d-man was that kind of your role when you played as a d partner with matt were you kind of the guy who stayed back when he's pinching up in the play and trying to score the goals or jump up in the rush uh I, believe it or not, back in the day, Maddie was quite a bit bigger than I was. So I was I was more of a littler, smaller, uh, good skater defenseman. And, uh, you know, he was kind of the power man. He would absolutely murder guys on the ice, but then also we'd go and put the puck in the net. So, I mean, my role definitely changed quite a bit. And, uh, you know, he's still kind of doing the same thing. You look, It's crazy, though. Like, you look back on that age group you had i know matt obviously is a year older than you but the 95 age group i was looking at today and the first round of the whl draft there was i'm counting well you had Merkley at third overall hawk was fourth klimchuk five i know obviously minor hockey didn't always play with those guys because calgary is a big city but um and then there's also like morrissey who if it was me right now he'd be my vote for the norris like he's been unbelievable this year yeah yeah, he's he's special for sure. And um, yeah, growing up, we uh, so we played for Crowchild was kind of my uh, during the season, and then during spring hockey, we had the Junior Flames um, team that was uh, you know run by Elinuk, and uh, so so we all kind of got together, and Morrissey was on that team, Merkley was on that team. Clemmer was on that team. I mean, we, we had some talent there. So we would go and travel to uh, Toronto and, and into BC and kind of all over the world or all over North America, I should say, um, playing different teams. And, and that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, because summer hockey, they always had those. Uh, I, I mean, I never played in it, played summer hockey. I mean, I wasn't good enough regardless, but I never played anyway. But Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it basically you could like kind of choose your team or they like pick, but like you could be like, Hey, I'm playing with my buddy and we're going to be on the same team kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, Pat Elinuk and our, the Elinuk family moved from Saskatchewan 
and he wanted to run kind of a spring hockey team uh, there. And, and Jackson was his boy um, who I'm still really good friends with. He's, he's one of a kind. I love that man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he kind of started, started the, uh, started the group. He brought in uh, Dennis Polonich is another assistant coach. Um, my dad started coaching as another assistant coach and uh, just kind of got all the best players from Calgary and grouped them together on the team. And we were called the junior flames. So we just go and practice during the week. And then we would kind of go out to tournaments um, on the weekend, which was, I mean, it was a blast. The kids loved it. The parents loved it. It was, it was a good recipe for sure. That, that's funny. I always think now I'm like seeing my, my some of my buddies like parenting and going to their kids tournaments and like you never thought about it as a kid but it's like oh that's like their green light weekend probably just get absolutely bombed as a parent yeah yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be some fun down the road for sure <laughs> yeah so i guess i'll get into it like so you start junior hockey go to swift current and really that's the only place you ended up playing junior hockey with swift current what was it like playing in swift because i know a lot of guys who played in Swift, in particular, Merkley. And there's a few other guys, too, I just can't think off the top of my head. But they love their time in Swift. What was your like? What was your experience like playing in Swift? Swifty was awesome. Um, it gets a hard time from any guys who have played in the Western League or, or even driven through Swift because it's so little of a town. And they kind of, I mean, you blink and you miss it. But uh, my time was awesome there. Um, uh, the head coach GM Mark Lamb was was unreal, and and he kind of kind of groomed a lot of players um, uh, to where they are today. Like you look at Adam Lowry, DeBrusque, uh, Max Lajoie, like they they he did a great job there, and it was fun and swift. Like we we would get up to trouble doing getting our cars stuck in some fields, and you know going out to the. Uh, I think there was one building called the old museum that uh, Learnouts Learnouts billets owned downtown, and we'd always go down there and have some parties, and it was it was a good time. It was a close knit group, and uh, yeah, looking back, I wouldn't trade those days for anything for sure. I've heard like yeah, I, I know it's only what is it twenty thirty thousand people Swift. Yeah, if that. I think I think when I was playing there, I looked, I Googled it, and I was 14,000 people in the town. It's, it's crazy, like, to me that you can get the fans for the population there. Yeah, they, they're, uh, they're passionate about their Broncos. I mean, uh, and, and good ways and bad ways. When I first got there, we had uh, uh, Zach McKay on the team. And he was from Swift. So, I mean, the fans loved us and, and supported us through and through. I know uh, a couple of years back when they didn't have any locals on the team, the guys going to high school took some, uh, took some razzing from the, from the students because, uh, I mean, it's tough. I, I, you know, they got, uh, you know, junior hockey team in town and hockey players coming in from different cities. So they, they took a little bit of razzle there, but uh, I'm sure glad we had Mac on our team. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention too, like some of the guys you guys had on your team, it seemed like it's funny how fitting you guys were for being a Swift Current team. Like I know you live in a small town or you're playing in a small town, but it really felt like you guys had like a farm boy team mentality because you had like, you had, you mentioned Zach McKay, you had Brett Learnout, who's a top guy, um, Tanner Lasson, who I don't know if anyone pound for pound maybe it was as tough as that guy in junior like he would just throw hey like he wasn't like I don't know if he was I, I wouldn't say he was like a top heavyweight in the league but he would just throw and he'd fight anyone right like he just wasn't afraid to get knocked out or anything he he probably weighed 140 145 pounds and would fight anybody he, <laughs> like, you gotta that uh he fought Keegan Lowe in Edmonton uh at Rexall and uh, low, low, they got going, and and uh, Lasanne still had his glove on, and he wouldn't throw a punch until he took his glove off. So he's just hanging on for dear life, <laughs> cheering on the fans. He's like, "Give me more, give me another one," kind of thing, man. He was he was one of a kind, and he would he would drop guys too. Oh yeah, he was he was tough. Yeah, 
Well, and I don't mean that as a knock, like as he wasn't a heavyweight, because like he was tough. He was he just like he was just a smaller guy that would literally take on anyone. And like what his fights were always the most entertaining to watch on WHL fights because it was like or hockey fights because it was like he wasn't afraid to get knocked out and he would try and knock someone out. Like it was just like it was just throwing back and forth. Like it was just ball. He 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 made like in juniors he was one of the tougher tougher people I've ever met. Like he was he was a nail gun, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it, like learn out too. He would fight. He was a tough guy. Yeah. Like it, it's just funny how how much your team was like. It was like that small town Swift Current team that it and that probably would you argue that that probably brought a few more fans to your team too. That you guys were kind of almost like that rugged small town team. Oh yeah. Like uh, the, the fans loved it. I mean, uh, Swifties, uh, you know, it's got that heart and soul uh, part of the town and, and they, they appreciate that stuff. So, you know, was, they, they, they absolutely love that. Yeah. So I got to ask you about a couple, couple guys that you played with in Swift. So First off, your first year or second year. What year was Kobe Cave your captain in Swift? Uh he was sec or third and fourth year. Okay. He was our captain. Yeah. So was that would that have been your third and fourth year? Or his? Um so he got traded. Uh he was part of the Cody Eakin deal. Right. I forgot about um, that. with the Kootenai Ice. Um, he was one of the players that came over and, and, uh, that was my first year, um, when that kind of happened. So, so he, he, he was there for all four of my years when, when I was playing Swift for sure. What what was he like as a, as a leader? And did you stay in contact with him up until his passing? In, incredible. One of, one of the, one of the, you know, better human beings I've ever met in life. He was, he was nice humble kind and and would go to war with you I, I i can't say enough good things about him um and yeah we we, we definitely kept in touch i mean there's there was a special relationship there you know I, I went to his wedding was one of his uh groomsmen at his wedding and uh you know he was someone who i looked up to um you know in, in my you know adolescent years someone who who i'd, I'd want to be and i took a lot of characteristics from him um and I, I can't say enough good things like himself, his family, you know, I could go, go on and on about that guy. And, and he was a rugged player from what I remember in junior, like, yeah, he scored a lot of big goals, but he wasn't afraid to drop the gloves and uh, get into it in the corners and stuff too. I don't know if he, he was the Jerome again, like the Jamie Benz type type of player would, you know, block a shot, hit a guy fight and then score the uh, score the game winner. And, and he was he was pretty special. I like I can't say I ever met him or knew him or anything, but I can attest to what you're saying. And I've heard nothing but great things too. Uh, Jay Merkley, who I'm going to ask you about in a second, he always said great things. Moser would always say great things about him. And I mean, just what happened was just well, it was horrifying, obviously for everyone who knew him. But uh, yeah, I, I mean. I I can attest to it. I lost a close friend a long time ago too, or not too long ago, I guess. But it's uh it's tough, and I mean both captains, which is crazy to crazy to have that correlation. Yeah. But everything I heard about Kobe though, just like fantastic leader, and I mean from watching him in junior, you're right, he was like the Aginla, Jamie Ben type guy on the ice. Yeah, yeah, and like in off the ice is where you know, he, he shined, like he was, he was close friend and, you know, some of you just want to, want to be around. So, you know, that was, that was sad. And, you know, my heart still, still is missing, you know, a piece of, piece of your heart goes with them for sure. Yeah. It, it never, it never goes away. Like, it, I mean, it does get easier, I would say with time, but uh, I'm just, I'm not speaking on your behalf, but just speaking on my behalf, experiencing losing a friend, like it, a few years like I, I think it's well, yeah, it's almost five years since Brock Hershey passed away, and it still hurts. But it's like it it does ease a little bit as time goes along. But yeah, I, I guess my my next question is uh, 
So you played with Ryan Moser and Jay Merkley. They both ended up playing at the University of Lethbridge. I knew both of them because um, they played for the Hurricanes before they went on to play for Swift Current. What can you tell me about Ryan Moser? Because when he played for the Hurricanes, he was like, I, I did stats for the Hurricanes when I was, I would have been 18 and Mose would have been, or no, maybe I was 17 and Mose was 18. Yeah, because his 19-year-old year, he was in Swift and his 20-year-old year. Yeah. He was like, when when I worked for the Canes and did stats, he was always in and out of the lineup, kind of. And I don't think he said two words to me that whole year. And then he came back. And then he came back after playing in Swift. And he was like the head guy of let's go out on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know what you got about Mose, but like. Oh, that's comedy right there. When Mose came to us and he wouldn't say two damn words in the dressing room. And then he would always come to the parties and have a couple beers. And he'd have to have, you know, one or two more than the rest of the boys. And then he'd finally open up and start start chatting. But he was he was a good guy. But it's so quiet when he first came, he wouldn't say anything. And then yeah, he uh he's a good player too. He he skilled, was still is skilled and just yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, Moses is a good man. It's hilarious. Like, uh, it was like two completely different people. I know people change, like, the older they get and stuff, but like, him, like, I remember him on the Hurricanes, and I'm not even kidding. I think he said two words to me in a year. And like, yeah. then he comes back, and I'm working for the Horns, and he freaking every weekend it was like, let's booze. <laughs> like, to other guys, like, he's like the head of the round up the boys to get them going. Like, it was just, just comedy. But then I guess yeah. that I'd like to ask you about you play with is Jay Merkley. Cause he is completely different person now too. I mean, you would, you would remember him from when he was young and obviously same age as you, you guys grew up together. And I, I still think like, he was a sick player and he got dicked around with when he played for the hurricanes. Like as a 16 year old, their team sucked and he was playing three shifts a game. Like it was just the stupidest thing. Goes to Swift lights the world. Like at least those first, I think his first year in Swift, he lit the world on fire. Like the first like 15 games or 10 games is like leading the league in scoring. But I've never seen a guy get more down on himself, <laughs> at least when he played junior than Jay. But now he's like, he doesn't play anymore, and he's like the happiest guy on earth. But what's your experience about playing with Merckx? I So me and Merckx, uh, we played on the Junior Flames together way, way back when, like, uh, Adam Peewee kind of growing up there. And he he was awesome. He was He was so talented and fun guy to be around. And like you talk about Morrissey and, and all the guys that are, you know, up and still playing. Merckx is probably the best out of the crew. And then, uh, you know, went to Lethbridge, had a tough time at Lethbridge. And I mean, I, I get it. Like you go to, you go to a junior hockey team when you're 16 and you're, that's a huge gap between the 20 year olds and the 16 year olds. I mean, there's, there's definitely that separation there. And I just had a rough go and then came to Swift and turned it on and it was playing unreal. And, uh, he, he, I think the passion ran out for him, um, for the hockey, for the hockey stuff. And then he found kind of his second calling, uh, you know, teaching. And I, and I was actually at a wedding, uh, with him this summer, uh, um, uh, Torrin White's wedding. Yeah and ran into him and I hadn't seen him in, in probably a year or two. And I, you know, you just, as soon as you see him, you're just lights up your face. Like I, I was, I was happy. We were, you know, having beers together and, and uh, it was just good to see him again. And he's doing incredibly well, like, you know, uh, teaching and, and uh, got his life put together. So I couldn't be more happy for him. It's crazy though. Like some guys like, love love hockey and you're like what are they going to do without hockey and then like him it was like I think he hasn't well he didn't without him admitting it and maybe even has admitted it to me like he he was done with hockey probably when he was 17 but um he he I like he's so happy now it's like I I hang out with him a couple times a month kind of thing and he's like completely different like I remember his first couple years at L. he got massive like he was 
was playing that like, and he'll be the first to admit it. He was playing, I think he was like 210, 220, like had a gut, like he'd sit in the corner of his stall and he had like a gut just sitting down the sitting down there. And he but the thing is, is like when he wanted to turn it on, he was so fucking good. He just like there's no stopping him. The giving shit level was so low. <laughs> But now he's he's done hockey and he he coaches I I think he's coaching or maybe he's not now. Oh, he does volunteer. He does scouting. He scouts for uh, Blackfold Junior A team. Oh yeah, no way. Yeah, and he loves it. Yeah. He he loves it. Like it's funny how guys like hated playing or hated coach coach certain coaches and stuff, and then they end up being one, right? Like I know yeah. coaching like scouting's a little different, but no, he's yeah. I, whenever I see him, he's he's always. He brings me up for sure. Like he, he's good energy and good to be around. So, but I guess outside your time in Swift, I mean, you're playing junior hockey and you get the nod to be on Canada, Canada's world junior team. Did you know what type of role you were going to ensue? Did they tell you kind of before the tournament, what you were going to be, what type of role player you were going to be? Right. I think I had one goal and maybe six assists so i think i was pretty solidified what role i was going to be yeah i guess but i mean still like did they tell you like you're gonna be five six shutdown guy you're gonna be the seventh guy or what yeah yeah like uh i mean coming coming on that team it was we had some high caliber like bowie was playing morrissey um shea theodore um and like I, I, I want, I actually want, like want to play that five, six, you know, solid D man role. That's kind of what, uh, you know, what I was groomed and swift to be. So, you know, just I was like excited to just get the opportunity to be on that team, be a role player on that team, and that's that was pretty cool. Like I was, I was pumped. And, and to win it in, to win gold at that time too in Canada, because you guys won gold, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Um. And to win gold at that time too, like that was Canada's kind of lull until these last couple of years, like that 10 year stretch where, I mean, they only won, I think it was one gold medal for 10 years and that was your team that got done. I mean, not a big deal that you had Connor McDavid out there, but <laughs> helping the boys out. But, and you know who was unreal in that tournament, but hasn't really carved out an NHL career is Patan. He was fucking dominant yeah. in that tournament. Yeah, he was he was nasty. Yeah, and I, you look at that roster on that team, um, and I always like I look back at the memories that I have, and that was that was the best. That was you know the epitome of you know a guy's hockey career playing in Toronto, World Junior Gold Medal uh, with those guys. It was it was awesome against the Russians. It was it was cool. That was it. Yeah. Russia with that was oh well, yeah that was the gold medal game because they had Barbashev yeah. and they had uh, um, who else was on their team that was big name then I'm not too sure you can't even he can't remember okay the, the, the Russian squad yeah yeah I, I remember Barbashev I can't remember who else but they had they did have some big name guys I remember that went yeah. on to, that have carved out pretty good careers so far but uh, I guess like. I mean, you played with him very briefly, but like, what did you see from McDavid at that tournament where you're like, holy shit, this guy is unbelievable? Uh, I played with him at U18s and, and on the uh, juniors team. Oh, right. So I, I, yeah. I got a taste of what he was like uh, on the U18 team. And he won uh, under two years. So, like, we were U18 he was 16 or 15 I'm not too sure and he was the MVP of the tournament like this guy was good like he was just a a level above kind of everybody else and then you get to the world juniors and he's same thing just just a step a step ahead of everybody else he was he's special to watch yeah he I I that was his coming out party kind of like the world juniors at it's like Bedard, right? Like everyone, yeah, they were sick, but then like you watch them at the World Juniors, and it's like, holy shit! Like these guys are like, they're legit gonna be superstars. But uh, it's crazy though. Like McDavid, I remember him being unbelievable in that World Junior tournament. And you look at him now, the game, even in the seven years, the game has changed a lot. But 
you look at his world junior numbers in his 17 year old year compared to Bedard and it's like not even close like McDavid's are way less than Bedard yeah I mean you guys also didn't play Austria which was like you might as well I mean realistically no disrespect they you might as well have iced a average junior a team playing against yeah really and you probably still do okay but yeah it's watching him is just just crazy but so that was the year where was the other city it was it was toronto and was it montreal uh montreal yeah yeah those are like that's the epiphany of the world juniors like you're just like on cloud nine playing that was that was cool that was that was a cool experience for sure and now do you have what do you guys like how's it work after you guys win gold like I know there's a Sally on the ice and probably a little bit in the room, but like, is it pretty tame because some of the guys obviously aren't drinking age or is it still like, yeah, whatever. We're, we're having a few drinks tonight. I think that's changed drastically in the past, you know, however many years ago that was with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we had a good time, you know? Yeah. yeah we hit her hard. Well, that's good. That's good. You got to have a good time. I mean, you have to. I mean, the like, what are you playing for? You're, you're young, and and you get that. That's that's pretty cool. And then the yeah. next day, are you guys all on planes going or buses or whatever going back to your city? Yeah, yeah. Me. Uh, who else is on the plane there? It might have been Morrissey Point. Morrissey was going to Prince Albert. Point was going to uh, Moose Jaw there. And uh, I think Vertanen was on our flight too. Right. And he might have been on a road trip out east uh, <laughs> with the Hitmen. So, yeah, it was it was quick. We we celebrated, hit it hard, and it just you know you're there with your your family too. Everybody's family's there. Right. So everyone's having a good time, and uh, you know it's pretty cool. Like uh, my entire family, my mom and dad, brother and sister. Um, you know, grandparents were at the game and, you know, billet, billet moms at the game and like, they're all drinking and having a good time. They're, they're checking up with uh, Domi and the nurses. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, And then, so I guess take me into your first year pro. So yeah, you played a few games as it was a night as a 19 year old, you played, was it three games, but it wasn't Lake Erie then was it Springfield? Yeah, Springfield Falcons. Right. And then your first full year was Lake Erie, correct? Yeah. Okay. So your first full year, I mean, you win a championship, Calder Cup. And I remember that team. You guys were stacked. Like Bjorkstrand, Milano, uh, Josh Anderson, Corpusalo, like just stacked. When did when did it kind of like what was what was it like going through that run to the the Calder Cup in your first year? And then did you, did you end up playing basically all the playoff games? Uh, so the run was, was awesome. We were, to be honest, we were by, uh, battling right to the end to get into a playoff spot. Uh, super young team. I think we had like maybe 10 rookies on the team. So like we were, we were pretty young and, uh, uh, our coach is Bednard. So he's coaching in Colorado now and and he, he kind of, brought everybody in we had good leadership too in uh ryan craig cyphers eminger uh mccarthy like i could go on and on about the older guys on that team those old names like those are throwbacks yeah they're they were legends so it was it was manny maholtra was another one that wow tagged along (laughs) it was pretty cool and then uh so we were battling just to get the playoffs and i think we lost two games um the entire playoff run which is i still think a record uh to get there and it it was it was awesome it was a fun group of guys to be around uh fun team to play on yeah that was that was a good year for sure no like i know some vets are different depending on what uh what type of role kind of they had in the nhl but some guys they get sent to the a if they're like a skill guy or they're used to being like top six in the NHL and they get to the A and it's almost like their give a shit factors kind of low. Cause it's like they get in their thirties, but I feel like those guys you mentioned, like the Aminger, um, Malhotra, like those guys were all like role guys in the NHL. 
so when they got to the A, they probably only have one year, right? Like they're one year guys where they're going to give it their all wherever they're playing, no? Oh, yeah. Like uh, McCarthy, Steve McCarthy, he played his last game before the playoff run. And, uh, you know, he just a, just a good human being. And I remember his last game, he came in the room and everyone's standing up, you know, give him a round of applause. Uh, that was a pretty special moment. Then like Sipes, Sipes was over in Germany, came back and, and that was kind of his tail end of the career. Same with, uh, Craig or our captain, uh, Maholtra played a couple games and then went over to Europe. He wanted to play in the, uh, Spangler. And then I think he came back for a couple games. So it was pretty cool. Like all those guys kind of knew it was their tail end of their career and, and wanted to, uh, you know, wanted to win a championship. So, you know, I made it uh, all the more special. One guy I got to ask you about playing in Lake Erie. Cause I was looking at your roster. I didn't realize you played with him for two years, but I met him in Rockford, Nick Mootry. <laughs> what a legend. That guy's beauty. <laughs> He's yeah, he was my roommate, uh, roommate in Lake Erie. So my first year pro, we were roommates together and we had some fun together, man. He was, he was awesome. I still, I still, uh, you know, keep in touch with him today and, uh, you know, I'll still see him, you know, once every summer or so. So he was, I, yeah, he's, a, he's one of a kind. I love that guy. I, I liked him as a player too. Like at, in Rockford, I was like, this guy, like maybe on like a dad's like, is he he's a 92 am i wrong so he beats Boots is a 95 we're the oh, same he's a 95. Fuck, yeah we we, okay. we were drafted same year and and uh went to all the development camps and stuff together and then uh roommates for that uh first year pro that championship year and it was it was awesome we were staying we were roommates and then uh we got kicked out of our apartment because <laughs> we uh couldn't extend our lease so then we moved into the marriott and Call it the Boutry Marriott there. That's what a lot of guys in the A do, though, hey? Like, they live in hotels. Yeah. Yeah, that's a grind. Come but play also, time, it's a grind. It makes sense, because it's like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in the A, yeah. right? You might get called up to the NHL, and if you're a fourth-line guy in the A, you might get sent to the coast, really. Yeah, yeah. So, the hotel bill is expensive, for sure. <laughs> so, do they when – you, when you're living out of a hotel, does – do they cut you like a little bit of a deal or is it, do you just pay nightly what a normal hotel bill would be? Um, we had a little bit of a deal. Um, I think cause Moots's mom had an in with the, uh, Marion. <laughs> I had some Marriott points to burn. I'm not too sure what the case was, but they, they got a, they got a whole team hotel that they get somewhat of a discount at for the guys, but, uh, still a grind. I mean, you're, you're in a mid, middle of the playoff series and you got to move out of an apartment and get all your furniture out of there before. Yeah. yeah but, uh, that's the grind for sure. Well, frick January, I work, work about one day a week at my current job and I had to move and I thought that was a grind. So I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having to, having to move, but, uh, yeah, that's so then you end up, Mar March of was it 2017 or 18 you get traded to Dallas? Uh I'm not I think 17. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. So you get traded to Dallas. Who was in the, who I remember that was a blockbuster, right? Like it was like a deadline blockbuster. Who was in it? Do you remember who was in it? Uh Lori Korpakoski. Right. Yeah. And he was going to Columbus, right? Yeah. And then who went, was it just you that went the other way or was there picks too? No, it was a one for one. Oh, wow. Okay. Taylor Hall for Larson and Koski for Hetherington. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a one for one. I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a three pieces one way to the other type of thing. I didn't, didn't realize that, but yeah. So what was it like playing in Dallas? Cause and Texas for that matter, like in, in, cause it's Austin, right? The AHL team plays for. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, feel I, like I mean, this would be sick. I can't say enough good things about that spot. Weather's good. Uh, I mean, Dallas, Dallas and Austin, both the, the fans are phenomenal. They come to the game. 
they're passionate. They're, you know, they're looking for fights. They're looking for goals. Uh, and then off the ice, weather's beautiful. Can go golfing, do whatever, whatever kind of activities that you want to do. So I can't say enough good things about uh, Texas for sure. Well, who was your first NHL game against? And it was with Dallas, right? Yeah, first NHL game was against Columbus. Oh, that's cool. That, yeah, yeah. Did you get a point in that game? No, no, we didn't. Uh, we ended up losing in a in a shootout. But I mean, it was pretty pretty cool to play against the team that uh, drafted you. And it was it was special for sure. And was was that in was that that season that you got traded? Uh that was the season after. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. So and yeah, there was, in the season. Um, I would say middle of the season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Hitchcock was the coach there in Dallas, and he he was you know my type of guy, a hard hard worker, you know, shut down, big D man. And uh, so he gave me a shot. And I remember that game because he, he used to coach in Columbus there. And he's like, I'm taking the boys to a great burger joint. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're, we're okay. Sounds good. And uh, so he took all the boys out to a spot in the German village. And we got these big old greasy burgers and a couple beers. And then all night, I just had the runs. Like it was <laughs> it was bad and then and then got the first game the next night i it didn't matter at all i was just run on straight adrenaline but you know that was that was pretty cool that <laughs> day close to a burger joint of course of course it, yeah that's funny i gotta ask you if you've heard this one because i don't know i don't know if it's true but i've heard a funny as hell story about hitch and i, I swear it was from a decent like someone who would probably know, I swear when he was coaching in June, I think it might have been he was coaching in junior, but anyway, he like got stuck in a bathtub or something and the trainers had to like come pry him out or something. Did you ever, did you ever hear that I story? Have, I haven't heard that one. No. Okay. Probably true though, no? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see it. Uh, like pretty intense though, Hitch, like, I feel like he'd be like pretty intense. Like if you if you're not playing well, like he's probably on your ass, no? Yeah, yeah. And he has his type of players that he likes and the type of players he doesn't. So That's... he was yeah. I I liked Hitch. He was hard nosed and you know, didn't really take much shit. So he was a good guy. <laughs> I feel like coaches would have a tough time disliking you as a player though, because like or at least as a person, because I feel like your work ethic, being a shutdown D-man, like, that's basically what you are still, correct? Like, that's kind of your yeah. shutdown in the A, too? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I feel like that's a pretty tough, like, it's pretty tough to hate a shutdown D-man who's going to do whatever they can to help the team win, you know? Whereas, like, if you're a middle six skill guy and you have your off night or whatever, then the coach might not like you, especially someone like Hitch, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, I guess going back to Lake Erie, what would you describe Bednar as? Like, what type of coach is he? Uh, he was great. I mean, he, he was a player's coach. Um, and that guy's, you know, he's done it all. One in the East Coast, one in the, one in the uh, American League, one in the National League, like, He's he's a good coach, and he's a good he's a good person. That's why guys like playing for him. Like he, you know, you can talk to him and uh, you know that he's got your back, and he's he believes in his system and in, in his ways, uh, you know, deeply. So he's he was he was awesome. I think nowadays, like you have to you have to have a guy who's a good person too. Like I know there's always going to be a spot for those coaches that have coached for 20, 30 years, but like. It it just it seems like especially a guy like Bednar like he really does seem like he's a player's coach. He's not much older than some of the veterans, and like he just seems like he really knows what buttons to push. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he's he was a fun guy to be around and a, and a great guy to play for for sure. That's that's great. And so I got to ask you now, but so now. You move after Texas, you go to Russia, well, Kazakhstan, but the KHL. 
what the hell? Okay, so why did you only leave for one year, first off? And was it COVID that kind of dragged you back to North America after? Yeah, so so COVID kicked in. Um, and then I'm not I'm not too sure the specific date, but we were sitting in Colorado after a game and you know that NBA player came on and oh yeah and and then he ended up being testing positive and then that seemed like the world just shut down after that so uh you know we we went back to Austin and you know we were googling on our phones like what's going on and there's a couple cases in the Colorado airport and we were like booking our flights we we all got on the flight got back to Austin uh got together as a group uh, went out for the night, had a good time, and then kind of like we figured that the world's going to get shut down here. So everyone kind of made their way back home. Um, and then during that summertime was kind of looking for looking for a job, looking for some answers. Um, and then I saw that the American League was kind of thinking of uh, cutting the player's salary, uh, prorating it for the season. And that kind of kind of worried me a little bit, and um, you know, I, I had my run with with Dallas and Austin, and and that year I didn't get a call up, so I was that you know that's still the main goal is to get a call call up and get to the NHL. Um, so then you know, Brees came along and and offered me a contract with with more money than what I would be making in the American League, pretty much double so I'm like I I'm gonna take a shot here and uh go over there and play and see what see what it's all about well and it's funny you're the second third guy I've had on here who played in Burris I believe because well I know Cam Barker did for sure yeah. and I, I think Boychuk played there too I could be wrong uh I think so too that sounds that sounds like it's a fit okay he definitely played in the K I know that for sure I can't remember if he was there or not, but regardless, that city, from all things I've been told, is that I know the area around that, or at least the other teams in that, I wouldn't say area, I guess, because Russia's massive, obviously, but the other teams in that division probably don't have the nicest cities, but I heard that city is just unreal. Yeah, it's great. I mean, New Kazakhstan has, the part of the buildings that we lived in were were nice, they were top-notch, and they got a Ritz Carlton and you know, it's, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool city. And you're playing with Dietz and Volk, right? They were both there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Matt Fratton, Phil Verone. Matt Fratton. Uh, what a beauty. <laughs> my buddy. Jesse Blocker. Jesse Blocker. Yeah. Yeah. One of my buddies is the biggest Leafs fan and forever, for whatever reason, he always loves these weird players. Loved Matt Fratton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. He loved tough guy not to like. And you're up, and he was a decent player at the IHL, but just funny how that yeah. how it works that way. But like they have a beach, right? Like an indoor beach or something, don't they? I never went to that. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised though. Okay, okay. You got any crazy stories from playing over there? Uh, quite a few. I'll I'll tell one. Okay. My uh, first game. So I, I get there after traveling for, you know, it probably me and Phil Verone flew together over there and it was, it was a long trek, probably 20 hours, 24 hours. Yeah. Finally get there. We get picked up by uh, Vitaly, one of the, one of the doctors and he takes us to do our physicals and we're running on no hours of sleep. And we're just like, Holy smokes. And we, get the physicals done running back and forth in between this Kazakhstan hospital rooms. And, and then they tell yeah, you got to do a wind gate. Huh. And <laughs> me and Philly looked at each other. We're like, we're take us to the airport, man. Get us a return ticket. Get us back out of here. Oh, so we ended up, we ended up doing it. Like we just bag, go, go and practice, finally get some sleep. And then the next day we fly out to uh, Sharapovitz and, uh, and we were going to, we had to have been going to, I think, locomotive on the road trip. 
because the uh, old Brees head coach was coaching there. Okay. But we, uh, we didn't really know that at the time. We, we get on the plane, and there's a stuffed uh, snow leopard in a garbage bag. <laughs> We're like, what the hell? What the hell is going on here? Like, what, what is going on? And uh, it was a gift to the, uh, to the old head coach for uh, his time in Brees, because Brees is the, the snow leopards. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it was, I had a great time over there. It was, there's a lot of stories to come out of that place oh, for sure. That is, yeah, like, you, I can kind of vouch because I've been to Moscow, but like people who haven't been to Russia, they'll never understand. Like, no, it's a different way of life. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just nuts. <laughs> Did they ever try and give you the Russian gas over there? <laughs> So we never we never took the Russian gas, but they had uh, this green painkiller drink. Oh yeah, and it was it was awesome. Like you could run through a wall. <laughs> but I, I the next day, oh man, you're in a world of hurt. Like you are, the body is feeling it. It's oh, yeah. uh, re- the side effects of that thing. But I, you're on that stuff. Oh man, you could play through anything. <laughs> That's great. I've never heard of that before. I like, yeah. I mean, everyone's heard of the Russian gas, but like, I've never heard of the green. That's crazy. I've never heard of that before. Huh. Interesting. So I guess getting back to it, when you were in Texas, you have to tell me how many times a day or how many times a week did you play golf? Quite a few. When yeah. we were at home, it was probably every day. Awesome. Like, even like, even if you had a game the next day, you're golfing. Yeah. Yeah. Not not on game days we wouldn't yeah. go, but uh, yeah, we had a good crew there that that liked to golf. We we actually we went on a golf trip this summer with the Texas crew nice. boys because yeah, I my golf game improved immensely playing down there for sure. I can't imagine playing year round and like, although who knows, my game might get worse. But <laughs> I mean, it's just funny how how that is like. That's unreal, though. Like, and they got some sick courses there too. Like, you would have played some of the big ones down there, no? Yeah, we ended up getting on uh, the Dell Match Play where that's played, and then uh, that's the Austin Country Club, and then the uh, University of Texas Golf Course. Another nice one down there. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good time down there. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, I I like top three destinations in the NHL or even in the minors, like Texas has to be up there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would definitely put it in, in uh top five for sure. And is it like, is it like 20 degrees basically every day in the winter too, or a little cooler than that? Uh, it gets a little cooler. Like I've seen it snow when I was down there, it snowed probably two days, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's just beautiful down there. That's awesome. Yeah. So you go to the KHL, and really that was the first year of COVID. It was 2020, 2021. What, what, what was COVID like in Russia? Like, is it like the restrictions and stuff? Was it because I remember Russia was like the first place that basically said, we're not shutting down basically anything. Like, they didn't have really capacity on their crowds or anything, did they? Or if they did, it was pretty short lived. So in Kazakhstan, we had uh, COVID. So they, they shut her down completely. All we had, like arena was empty. And then it depended on the city that you went to, if there was fans or not. Okay. So some, some cities, they, you know, they had 50%, some cities had zero and some, some cities had a hundred percent. So that that was pretty cool. Like to play in front of a a crowd again, because it was the time where, you know, you weren't allowed to be around people to go into a building that's 100% packed it was it was pretty sweet that's yeah that's (laughs) it'd be such an advantage too for the home team I feel like oh yeah vice versa though because I guess they've been playing they're used to playing in front of crowd maybe the road team's a little more jazzed up because they're like oh we get to play in front of the crowd yeah 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 yeah. kind of goes both ways for sure yeah I I I think Russia's awesome I don't know did you like your experience though in Kazakhstan I, I loved it. I mean, the people there were awesome. Um, 
you know, my the, the team. I can't speak enough, speak enough about the teammates like Balky and DT. Yeah, they just kind of took took me under their wing and kind of you know helped me out. And and our other Euros, like uh, both our tendies were uh, you know imports too. Um, it was I had a I had an absolute blast over there. Was that the year, or was it the year prior where Dietz? I think it was the year prior where Dietz was on a tear. And yeah, the year prior, yeah. and he, and even that year he was too. Okay, yeah, he yeah. honestly like I remember a bunch of people who knew him pretty well told me like, and I believed him from. I watched one of their games online, the one time when I was over there, and I I was like, he could easily play in the NHL right now as like a four. Uh, at worst, like a number four D man, I think. Yeah. I tell me if I'm wrong, but and it just he makes way more money over there. Why? And he he already does NHL games. Like, why come over here and try and force it again? You know, he he clicked in the KHL. Like he's he can fully speak Russian. Um, he he absolutely loves it over there. Yeah, I can't believe I, I, I play on that to get him back. Sorry, it would be tough to get him bring him back. Yeah. I, yeah, he likes in there too. Uh yeah, his his girlfriend, I'm not too sure if they're okay. uh they're engaged or married or or whatever, but yeah, he yeah, he's 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 part Russian. I think it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, those those guys and from everything I've heard, they were legends in Boris. It was yeah, it was a good it was a good time for sure. I, I can't believe it's so funny anymore. Like in that, yeah. um, I mean, I guess money talks, right? But just crazy to that to, to think they're not on the same team together too. Those yeah, were together forever. But yeah, but I guess then it. So you come out of COVID or that first year, basically of COVID 2020, 2021. What what was your reasoning coming back to North America? Was it that did they increase salary in the HL? Was it not as up in the air? I know you it, did you sign a two-way out of the did you sign a two-way? Yeah, I signed a two-way. Okay. Um the main reason I came back was uh so I, I went over fully expecting that I wasn't gonna come back because that's just the way things work. Um and then my assistant coach in Texas is now the assistant coach in Ottawa, uh Bob Jones. And okay. he he kind of stuck his arm out for me and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of gave me an offer and gave me a second chance. So, uh, that's the reason why I kind of came back to Ottawa for sure. And what's it like playing in Ottawa? Cause I mean, I know the crowds there are a little suspect at times with, with the, uh, the travel to the rink from the downtown core, but it, do they got like a pretty solid, like fan base? Oh yeah. Like it's, it's, they got passionate fans. Um, the location of the rink could be changed, you know, if they, if they move it to where, uh, you know, there's rumors of it being moved to, I think it's going to be one of the best franchises to play for. Like their, their fans are awesome and, you know, it's a good city. It's, it, they got everything. It's just, you know, it's, it's a little bit outside. It's, it's the Airdrie uh, to Calgary. So everyone, you know, living downtown would have to, uber out to airdrie and then uber back kind of thing so so hopefully they can get uh move a little bit closer you know inland that's expensive i mean if you're if you're i'm just imagining like ubering to airdrie like that's i mean that's probably a hundred dollar uber it's tough yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and they still do pretty good with their fans like they 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 on the weekend they they fill that place up for sure and they got like i I thought, I mean, they could probably use a, a right shot top four D-man like they've been talking about forever, but, like, they got a lot of good young pieces. Is there is there one guy in particular that you play with down in Belleville that people maybe don't talk about where you're like, this guy I think is going to be a really good player in the NHL? Besides uh, to, to be <laughs> To be honest, I think there's, like, four of them. The the one that sticks out is uh, Bernard Docker, who's an, who's a Calgary kid. Yeah, and then uh, Lassie Tom Thompson, he's from Finland. He he's a player. I thought he was um, when he played in Kelowna. I was like, this guy's sick. He 
he's a player. He's he's going to get his chance, I think, and he's going to stick for sure in the NHL. And then you get uh, Max Gannett and Jonathan Aspro are two other guys that I think are, you know, NHL caliber players um, that, uh, you know, are looking for chances and just, just need to get one for sure. Um, so how far is Belleville from Ottawa? It's kind of by Toronto. Am I wrong? Uh, in between Ottawa and Toronto, probably okay. two and two and a half, uh, from Ottawa. So what's it like, how's it work when you get called up? Does GM just call you? And I've actually never heard, to be honest, the GM just call you and he's like, Hey, you're coming up, be here in three hours or how's it work? Like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, usually after a game or, uh, you know, in the morning, they'll give you a heads up, uh, enough time to kind of pack up what you need but it's it's quick transition it's uh hey you're getting called up you know pack your stuff jump in the car drive out to ottawa and you know get the get the room at the hotel there and kind of settle in but it's quick it's quick transitions for sure do do they like do you kind of have an idea if you're going to be called up anytime soon or is it pretty sporadic i know like if a guy goes down with injury maybe it's like oh here's an opportunity but it other times is there like ever like a nudge on the shoulder like hey you might be going up soon or is it pretty sporadic it's it's sporadic i mean guys can go down and there won't be call-ups and then guys will be healthy and they're just looking for a new face to come in um you know and change change the team a little bit and you get a call there it's there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of decisions to be made um so you just kind of always got to be always got to be ready and uh you know just kind of it's it's kind of nice to be honest playing the american league that's why a lot of guys do it there's always that kind of cookie at the end of the end of the stick that you're always chasing so you know it's fun Did, and correct me if i'm wrong you were on the taxi squad last year right yeah yeah what was that like because i know like you probably aren't getting into many games and you're just hanging out like, how do you stay in shape? I know it's probably pretty easy to say, well, you just practice and whatnot. But, like, do, what, is there anything in particular you have to do to try and keep yourself ready? Uh, so, like, last last year with the task squad, it was, it was just kind of, like you said, stay in shape, get on the bike, <laughs> hit the workout, you know, get an extra skate in or, or whatever. Um but there was a stretch where I didn't play a game for probably I got COVID right at uh, New Year's. And then with the taxi squad, I, you know, hadn't played in a month and it was just kind of like, it's tough. You know, you, you don't, you don't play for a month, you start to lose a little bit of uh, the game or whatever, but you just got to try to find a way. That's what uh, being a pro is about. Well, it, it's funny. Cause like anyone who's sitting on a couch will be like, Oh, I'd kill to be on a taxi squad and just sit there for, six months and collect my nhl paycheck but like what was it pretty like tough at times like when you're you know like your chances are i mean there's three guys who are scrapped that are in front of you and then you still got other guys that you're battling on the taxi squad with like is it pretty tough mentally at times to like stick with it when you know chances are you're not going to play for quite some time yeah absolutely like you, you just gotta like you said stick with it and hang out with the boys as much as possible. Try to try to stick around them and, and kind of do what you can do. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's frustrating because you're right there and then you, yet you're so far away. So you just kind of got to be patient. I think as far as hockey goes, like the taxi squad guys is like, we all experience COVID in a different way, different way, but like for hockey guys, like the taxi squad is like, the number one they experience COVID in a w unique way for hockey like a freaking taxi squad are you kidding yeah. <laughs> yeah was there any like i mean ontario locked down to like you're basically in jail living in ontario last year but like was there any like jokes i guess between like guys on the team like hey come pick us up in a taxi or like any stupid jokes? I know that sounds like a horrible joke, but like any stupid jokes guys would make? Not a ton. There's just a lot of Uber Eats and <laughs> hotel dining for sure. Uh, a lot of a lot of seeing the boys and not a lot of seeing other people is yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um 
one guy I got to ask you about, though, who he's he's a Lethbridge kid. He just got called up a couple of weeks ago. Unbelievable in his debut. Got an assist. I think he had eight shots on goal. And uh, is Ridley Gregg, like, what, what type of player is he? Because whenever I watched him in junior, I'm like, this guy can play any role in the NHL that comes his way. He's, he's, I like his style, man. He's, he's gritty. Will absolutely bury someone and then go and dangle and score like a score a nice goal. I, I like that kid a lot. He's, he's got it all. Uh, he's going to have a long uh, NHL career for sure. So I, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's the real deal. Good kid too. Oh, unreal kid. Yeah. That's good. Could, could he, could eat a couple more of those uh, Lethbridge steaks, put on a couple pounds, but <laughs> he's he's a good kid, man. Oh, yeah. Maybe he, get, he needs to get on this diet. I was going to ask you I, right when I got on, but I forgot. Do you ever have a Slurpee after a hockey game? I had a beer league game tonight, and I went and grabbed a Slurpee. When was the last time you had a Slurpee after a game? <laughs> it's It's been a while. It, junior high days, maybe. We'd always go to 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, and it, it just – it, I I can't even imagine having to go on the diet that you guys uh, you guys have to endure. But uh, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not, it's bad? not bad. Oh man, I can't imagine it. Like I love. There's a few things I like that for what I see you guys diet. But I mean, like, oh, some of that stuff. I'm like, I mean, we I guess if I'm paid millions of dollars, maybe I can do it. But <laughs> we burn enough calories. You could. Look at Chad Ochocinco. He's living on McDonald's. That's fair. That's fair. Although I see you being a lineman or whatever he was one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess one of my one of my last questions is: uh, so you played twenty three NHL games and six hundred and sixty two pro games, and are you you're only twenty seven, right? You haven't turned twenty eight yet. Uh twenty seven. Yeah. Okay, like that's a crazy number to have, and you're only 27. What does what does that mean to you? And now being a captain at 27 in the American League, like what what does that mean to you? And what's uh, what's the next goal for Dylan? Uh it's I mean it's special uh, to be the captain. I mean lead lead the boys. Uh, I've had you know growing up through my career so many special captains. Um, so just try to take you know little things from each and every one of them and, uh, you know, try to implement that and uh, kind of what we're doing day to day. Um, and then just keep on going, keep on playing, enjoy the game as, as much as possible. Cause there's definitely, there's some highs to this, to this career and there's definitely some lows. So just trying to stay, uh, you know, stay in the game and uh, try to enjoy, you know, each and every day. Do you want to go back to Europe at some point? I think it would be fun. I mean, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed my my year over there. Right now, my mentality is, you know, trying to get back to the NHL. And, uh, you know, I got another year left on on my contract. So that's that's where my mindset's at for for the end of this year and, and next year. And then kind of re- reevaluate, uh, reevaluate then. So, you know, I'm just kind of enjoying my time in the in the American League right now and trying to chase that NHL dream. I forgot about that. That that's a very rare occasion. I think signing a, a multi-year two-way deal. Like most of the time, it's just one year, right? Like two-way deals. Yeah, like I was uh, for the past kind of five or six years, I've been playing under a one-year contract, and to get the uh, to get the second year added was awesome. That that probably yeah. speaks volumes to you though as a person and what type of player you are and whatnot, especially being captain. I would assume you're probably captain next year if you're back in Belleville and not up with the Sanders. So that's, that's pretty sweet to get that. I would think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, I guess trying to, trying to think what I was going to say now, I lost my train of thought, but uh, I guess last thing, can you do me a favor next time you get called up? Yeah. I mean, you're probably thinking it too, but uh, just, well, maybe not just me. I mean, there's probably a lot of people rooting for it, but uh, let's get that first bingo. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm working on it. Stay at home, D-Man, and it's easier said than done, but I, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, two assists, that's not bad. 
And I'm like, but I bet he wants that bingo bad. So let's let's get that bingo big bingo the next time you get uh, get the call up. But, but I mean, regardless, I mean, you've already carved out an unreal career. Like you got over 600 pro games is something to be thankful and proud of. And I mean, a world junior gold medal, like a lot of kids can only dream of that. I'm sure you could only dream of that when you were a kid and to, to still be battling and getting a captain captaincy in the minors, like that's unreal. So, I mean, wish you all the best. And I, I would love to see, Dylan Hetherington back in the NHL sooner rather than later. Ryan, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I hope I can uh, fulfill that for you. Well, we're going to have you. When you're retired one day, I'm hoping I'm still doing this pod. That'd be the dream for me. And uh, if we are, we're going to get you back on. uh, Or heck, who knows, maybe you guys win a Calder Cup sometime soon or whatnot, and we'll get you you back on again. But great to talk to you again, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. You as well. Appreciate it, man.